It's time once again for the Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg. Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. A huge part of leadership in business and in life is expressing gratitude. And one of the very best ways is also one of the most old-fashioned. We'll discuss that in our Thought of the Day. And later in today's interview, the man who for many years ran operations for the Walt Disney World Resort and created much of the leadership training for which it's so well-known. Wow. That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. Long before the rise of email and social media, I was extolling the virtues and value of saying thank you with handwritten notes. I still do. While certainly not an original idea, I mean, whose mom didn't make them write handwritten thank you notes for gifts, they remain, in my opinion, one of the best ways to express gratitude and make another person feel genuinely good about themselves and the value they provide. I'm often asked, but with email so accessible and so much easier to write than a handwritten, hand-addressed, hand-stamped envelope, isn't it so much easier to just send emails? Absolutely. That's even one more reason why handwritten, personalized notes are so much more effective. Talk about distinguishing yourself and your message from others. Whether sending a thank you note to a service person, their employer, a customer, your salesperson, a team member, and especially to those people who typically don't receive acknowledgement, not only do they feel great about themselves, they feel great about you too. No, that isn't why you do it. It's simply the natural result. When speaking about this during sales and leadership conferences, I'll often hear from successful audience members who do this regularly. One of the most common stories is they're discovering that many of those to whom they've sent these notes have kept them. Yes, people often keep them. Why? Because, number one, they've been acknowledged. Number two, they've been acknowledged in a powerful and personal way. And number three, they receive something from you they most likely have never received before. I was reminded of all this while reading the fantastic book, Creating Magic, by our upcoming guest, Lee Cockerell. I believe you'll love the story he shares in that regard. While I have a specific format for my personalized note cards, there's no one correct way. What's key is forming the habit of sending them and sending them often. Have you experienced something similar either by being on the giving or receiving end of a personalized handwritten thank you note? If so, I bet it's something you can still recall and recall with fondness. Are you a successful entrepreneur or sales professional, but you know you have the potential for even greater sales success? Reality is, most entrepreneurs, small business owners, and corporate salespeople aren't nearly as successful at selling as they could be. Fortunately, it need not be that way for you. Join me, along with my brilliant business partner and strategist, Kathy Tejanel, for two days in Orlando, Florida, and attend our Go-Giver Sales Academy. Go-Giver Sales Academy will help you communicate more value to your customers, reach more people with your exceptional value, sell at full price, become objection-proof, and embrace the abundance that's your birthright. You'll work personally with Kathy and me in a small, mastermind-like environment. These workshops are limited to only 12 people, so it'll be impactful and transformational. 
Learn more at gogiversalesacademy.com and see what others are saying. Click the link in the show notes. Remember, money is an echo of value. Lee Cockrell is the former executive vice president of operations for the Walt Disney World Resort, leading a team of 40,000 cast members and responsible for the operations of 20 resort hotels, four theme parks, two water parks, a shopping and entertainment village, and the ESPN Sports and Recreation Complex. That, in addition to the ancillary operations, which supported the number one vacation destination in the world. One of his major and lasting legacies was the creation of Disney Great Leader Strategies, which was used to train and develop the 7,000 leaders at Walt Disney World. Before joining Disney, he'd held various executive positions in the hospitality and entertainment business with Hilton Hotels for eight years, Marriott Corporation 17 years before joining Disney in 1990 to open the Disneyland Paris Project. As I mentioned during last week's show, Lee is not only a great guy, he's got so much wisdom, you learn from him every time you get the opportunity to speak with him. And one of the best places to learn from him is via his podcast that he does with Jody Mayberry. It's called Creating Disney Magic, and you can find information for that at leecockerell.com in the show notes. He's authored a number of books, all of which will be listed in the show notes, including one of my all-time favorite leadership books. It's called Creating Magic. 10 Common Sense Leadership Strategies from a Life at Disney. And we'll touch the tip of the iceberg from that book today. Again, visit www.leecockerell.com. Check out all his resources, lots of wisdom, lots of magic. Welcome, Lee. Hey there, Bob. Good to be with you. Always great to speak with you. Hey, I want to start out with this. A statement in the book early on says, it's not the magic that makes it work. It's the way we work that makes it magic. So why is that? And what is the way we, meaning Disney leaders, cast members and such work? Well, I think anybody listening to your show should take note of that because they can do it in their own business. And all we say is, you know, we work in a lot of great detail. We And I would say the three major things we do better and all businesses do should really refocus on is we hire better. We're very careful who we hire. We really profile them. We understand who they are. We we have a very big system in separating the people we want from the ones we don't want. So we hire better, get great people in. Uh, second, we train better. We train our people, then we test them after the training, and then we make sure our managers understand their job is to enforce the training. We a lot That's one of the biggest problems in business today. People don't enforce their own rules, regulations, operating guidelines, and all those things. And last is I think we just have a better culture. Our people are wired. Our leaders are wired to create a culture where everyone matters and they know they matter. We pay attention to everybody. Their opinion counts. We listen to them. We help them get promoted. We help them with their careers. Uh, we want to know what their aspirations are, and that's at every level. And uh, I think when you put those three things together, I don't care what business you're in, Great people, great training, and a great culture, you're going to have less turnover. Uh, you're going to have better profit because your employees are going to take care of your business for you, even when you're taking a nap or on vacation or not there, and because uh, they trust you. And those things are just basics. They're very simple, and somehow people just 
some don't pay attention to them like they should. Okay, so I want to I want to hit on that then the the culture part that you mentioned because in the book you define corporate culture as and I quote the system of values and beliefs an organization holds that drives actions and behaviors and influences relationships. Now you've said. In fact, I think I've tweeted this. I love this quote so much. Culture is not part of the game. It is the game. Get that part of it right and everything else takes care of itself. Okay, how do you get it right? And why is that so difficult for for so many companies? I think the big difficulty for me, understanding through the years I've worked in three different places, is unless the top leadership wants it, it's not going to happen. You know, in my second book, The Customer Rules, I said, you know, it's... Leadership follows the law of gravity. It starts at the top and it runs downhill. Right. And uh, that's just a problem. You know, a lot of companies have a great product strategy. They are going to open 12 more stores and they're going to expand and they got new products they're going to sell. But very few have a good, strong leadership strategy which matches it. And at the end of the day, anybody's foolish enough not to know that it's the people that make it work. Every, products have all become a pretty much a commodity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> You got to be a lot better, and you've got to uh, pay attention to having. Really, the only strategic advantage you can have is just great people who just take care of your guests and make them just want to come back and do business with you no matter what. And often, even at a higher price, so you can even make better margins. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, you got to want it. You kind of get what you want. Mister Marriott told me years ago, if you have flies in your restaurants, because you like flies, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and that's uh. so true. If you have rude children, you must like that because we do have a lot of control. But it's hard work, and a lot of people don't want to put in the hard work. It's harder to find great people than it is to find average people. It's hard to train all your people. It's hard to enforce it and have those discussions with people when they're not performing properly. And I always tell people, if you'll do the hard stuff, life gets easier. You do the easy stuff, life just gets harder and harder and harder. Right. Now, you you actually changed your style uh, from early in your career. You tell a story in the book, and you were very forthcoming and authentic about this, regarding your early days where someone was so stressed out by Lee Cockrell coming to visit that they'd actually fainted and fallen out of their chair. I guess that's where your leadership epiphany began, right? Well, it did. I, you know, I'd been rewarded all these years. I was a young manager and didn't have a college degree, so I was really insecure. So I just got my job done through intimidation and being really disciplined and organized and getting on people's case. And so I, I found out later my nickname was Doberman. Wow. And uh, boy, when I met that guy and he came back and we had dinner together that night after he really, just from anxiety, uh, fainted. We had a long talk, and I was really embarrassed, and I started thinking about it again, and I started thinking about, you know, my mother and grandmother would kill me if they knew I was behaving this way. Mm -hmm. I know better, Mm -hmm. but the problem was, all those years, I was getting rewarded with cars and stock options and promotions. My boss never mentioned it, and I knew deep down, you know, it was inappropriate, but, uh, you know, you got to be careful where you hang out because you'll become just like that. And I went off and started taking seminars on leadership. I went to the University of Kentucky for three days for a leadership seminar. I started reading about leaders and about how to get it done through trust and not through intimidation. And I, it took me a while because I don't, you know, I'm insecure and I don't trust people. So when you're insecure and you don't mm-hmm. trust people, you want to control everything. Mm-hmm. And when you try to control people, it doesn't work. I tell wow. people I tried to control my wife for 25 years, but she uh, didn't go for it. No, so I, sure not. <laughs> I quit doing that and she got better immediately. <laughs> As per the subtitle of your book, uh, Creating Magic, 10 Strategies, there's 10 strategies, and I'm going to list them here, Lee, 
And they'll also, of course, all be in the show notes. Uh, and then we're just going to look at the first one in a bit more detail because really every one of these strategies is has has just so much wisdom in and of itself. And I really want to encourage anyone who is a leader, anyone who is a potential leader, anyone who has a son and daughter who might be leaders, uh, that you want to get this book. It really has what you what what we all need in there to to become the leader, to become the Disney leader that we that we can be. Now the the ten itself are remember everyone is important number two break the mold number three make your people your brand number four create magic through training number five eliminate hassles number six learn the truth number seven burn the free fuel number eight stay ahead of the pack number nine is be careful what you say and do number 10 develop character they all seem simple there's, and, and they are, but they're not necessarily easy, as the saying goes. There's so much to all those. I just want to look at right now number one. Remember, everyone is important because that came across throughout the book. Your genuine caring about those, uh, ca I was going to say team members, and I guess they are, but cast members, obviously. I know you, Lee, well enough to know that the saying, remember, everyone is important, is more than just a, a nice saying. So tell us about that, and let's talk about RAVE, R-A-V-E, which stands for Respect, Appreciate, and Value Everything. Yeah, well, I kind of think started, I grew up in Oklahoma in the 40s and 50s, and I heard so many inappropriate things in my family and from my uncles and cousins about black people, about Jewish people, about gay people. It was just disgusting. And when I, my wife and I got married, we, we talked about that, and we said, you know, we're going to make sure our son does, never hears that in our mm. house. And today he doesn't have a discriminatory, discriminatory bone in his body, and then uh. he's got a French wife and three three kids, and these kids don't see black. They don't care if you're gay. They don't care. They just ha they have friends, and they're just they don't even see this stuff. And I started thinking about that when I was in business. And you know, when at the end of the day, it's one of the biggest problems we got going on around the world right now, is we don't believe everybody matters and we don't believe everyone is important and there's people out there that have no hope and they they're disgusted with the way they're being treated and uh, all the things that are happening around the world including in the US and it's creating violence and it's uh, and uh, because of their religion or because of their whatever uh, and uh, so I just started to understand that I've traveled all over the world. You know, I've been to 35 countries mm -hmm. now. I know people. Some of my best friends are Muslims. Some of my best friends are gay. Some of my relatives are gay. <laughs> some people are <laughs> Jewish. Some people are Baptist. Some people don't believe in God. And I have friends at all levels. And I, I just learned, and I think travel does that too, by the way, and mm -hmm. being in the hotel business. Everybody in the hotel business is from somewhere else. Right. Right. And a lot of immigrants. And I just got to have a great respect for people. And I think uh, we need to treat people as individuals. You know, I could say, sure, there's a black guy I don't like, but I don't like, I don't not like the whole black race. There's a white guy I don't like, but I don't like, you know, right. it's individuals. Judge your performance and how you evaluate people on individuals, not on mm -hmm. this big uh, bigotry and this uh, racist kind of uh, attitude you probably learned at home, frankly. And uh, half I tell people, half the stuff you think is not even true. And you need to get out and reassess and re rethink about uh, what your biggest, strongest beliefs are. And a lot of people just stay in their little town. They never go anywhere and they never meet anybody. I, I doubt if half the people that hate Muslims have ever met one. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so that's, that's just everybody's important. Everybody's trying. And, you know. 
no. And I, people say, why is everybody important? I said, well, the most important guy at Disney is the guy that cleans the bathroom because everybody goes there. Right, and, right. <laughs> so we want everybody to feel important and to feel like they matter. And the best way to make sure people know what they matter is to tell them. Reassure them, just like we do our kids. We're always telling our kids how, what a great job they're doing, how they matter, how much we love them. And uh, that's so we build kids with high self-confidence mm -hmm. and self-esteem and belief in themselves. And we want to do the same in the workplace. And uh, people will be more committed. You know, the number one thing they say people leave today is because they don't feel appreciated. Ah, uh, exactly. And why do most people get a divorce? They don't feel appreciated. <laughs> this is like kids run away from home. They don't feel appreciated. And everybody matters. And uh, a lot of us have hang-ups. i got all kinds of problems. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't want that to be one of them. Mm -hmm. I, I don't ever want somebody saying, well, Lee Cockrell, he doesn't like women. He doesn't like gay people. He doesn't like – no. I like everybody right. until you – you as an individual exactly. let me down or do something wrong and then i might not care for you too much. yeah and that's the key it's 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 understanding people are individuals and that translates uh to leadership because everyone on your team is an individual and they all have their own their own challenges their own strengths their own opportunities their own <laughs> and so forth so what a what a fantastic that and that was by the way a very beautiful message and thank you for sharing that yeah sure uh in, an er in the earlier segment, Lee, I talked about the importance of writing personalized handwritten thank you notes, and I know you're a big believer in this. Would you please share with us, this is one of my, another of my favorite stories from the book, and I've told you this before, would you share with us the time you had occasion to visit an employee to whom you sent one of these personalized handwritten thank you notes and what you saw when you walked into his home? Yeah, well, that was when I was with Marriott, right. and uh, of course, back then, you had to write. <laughs> there was no email. There was no text. This was 1979, 80. Uh -huh. Anyway, he was my uh, banquet manager. He ran all the banquets at the Chicago Marriott. We did, On one night, we would do a dinner on one floor for 5000 on the other floor for 3000 He'd have two or 300 waiters there. He, he managed this thing like a general. I mean, he was unbelievable. And I would have been dead in the water without him. He was an incredibly well-organized. Actually, he would only eat low-calorie diet before a big night, so you had all his energy. I mean, he had a plan. <laughs> and I wrote him a note and said, you know, uh, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. And I just, you do a great job, and I hope you stay with me. you got a big future here. And his name was Eddie Tafignia. And... Uh, Actually, he was Iranian, and uh, got invited to his house once a few months later and walked in, and that letter had been framed and put in the hallway mm. of the foyer of his house. And that's when it struck me, you know, people really appreciate being mm -hmm. appreciated. And uh, I've seen that over the years. I went to dinner one night, and a waiter pulled out a note I'd sent out of his wallet that I'd sent to him five years before. Uh. You know, you're going like, wow. As my wife said, if you love me, tell me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that's, we, that's a great statement right there. Well, you talk about we all think it's trophies and uh, bonuses and all, but the main thing is my wife said, yeah, I like the gold bracelet, but I want you to tell me you love me too. Mm. It's both. And you've, and you've continued to do that. Uh, you continue to do that at Disney. You, you often, when you would walk by someone's desk, uh, you'd catch them doing something right. You made sure to send them a note. I mean, this Absolutely. is something that's that, that that really that all leaders should be doing. I mean, it's such an important part of of really telling that person you love them, isn't it? Well, in the old days, I didn't even appreciate my secretary. You know, I'd 
told her, I'll tell you if you're if you're doing a bad job, well, you know, I'll let you know on your annual review. And then after that, I really changed my whole yeah. approach. And uh, my own secretary at Disney, uh, Marsha, she under she had a glass top on her desk, and she had three notes from me. She kept under there to look at. You know, I was going like, gosh. You know, people appreciate this stuff, and I think sometimes we think those soft things don't mean much. They may mean more than anything. Anything, exactly, exactly. Actually, I wrote a little note and gave it to my wife. I stuck it on her mirror in her bathroom when she was sick and said, uh, you were sleeping like a log, so I left without waking you up this morning. I love you. It's still there five years later. Wow. You know, don't underestimate. I would tell every man out there, go home and tell your wife you love her tonight, and she might faint. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Cockerell is author of Creating Magic, 10 Common Sense Leadership Strategies from a Life at Disney. You can order it at your favorite bookseller or at his website, leecockerell.com. He has a number of other excellent books there, too, and, of course, all that will be in the show notes. Also, be sure and check out his podcast that he hosts with the great Jody Mayberry. Lee is truly an inspiration. Uh, thank you so much. Best wishes for continued success as you, Lee Cockerell, keep creating magic for everyone whose lives you touch. Thanks so much, Bob. It's good to be with you today. The big lesson I learned from Lee is that, well, as he so eloquently said, people are individuals and should be looked at and treated as such. And when it comes right down to it, we all have such a need to be recognized and to know that our leaders have our best interest at heart, that they want us to grow and to thrive. How do you do in that regard? not just on the job, but in any and all areas in which you lead. Please feel free to write me at bob at berg.com and let me know how you're doing in that regard. We might even share your email on an upcoming program. Remember, the Go-Giver makes an excellent gift to those in your life in order to help them lead better, sell more, and touch the lives of more people in positive and significant ways. And while you're there, check out John David Manns and my newest book, The Go-Giver Leader. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit thegogiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review. And your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The Go-Giver podcast is brought to you by thegogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, The Go-Giver Way, Five Principles for Creating a Culture of Excellence. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.